Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org forward slash podcast. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. The book of Jude. And the title of that series is Contending Earnestly for the Faith. But specifically today, we'll be looking at the topic, Our Common Salvation. Our Common Salvation. And the text is from Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Let me just read the objective, read the text, and then we'll pray and get started. Today's objective is basically to explain what Jude meant by that phrase, which he used, like I said, in the text that we're going to read just shortly. And it simply means that the way of salvation is the same for everybody. The way of salvation is the same for everybody. That verse, Jude verse 3, because it's only one chapter, from the Phillips translation says, I fully intended, dear friends, to write to you about our common salvation, but I feel compelled to make my letter to you an earnest appeal to put up a real fight for the faith which has been once and for all committed to those who belong to Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Father God, as we go into your word, we ask, O oh God, that you speak to our hearts in the name of Jesus. To you alone be all the glory. In Jesus' unfailing name, we've prayed. Amen. Amen. So once again, um, uh, I'm looking at the time. I would have said one or two people should remind us what we've done so far. But we've considered the first two verses of the book of Jude. And from those two verses, we've basically focused on three main thoughts. The first one is looking at the way Jude introduced himself in spite of his seeming, I mean, his biological connection, you could say, to Jesus Christ. He chose to introduce himself more in the context of the servant of, of, of God, the servant of Jesus. And we use that to, to make that point that our connection to other believers in the family of God is more significant than our biological relationships. The second thought we brought out was how he introduced or addressed the people he was writing to. He said they were called, they were sanctified, and they were preserved by Jesus. And we said that is true of us as well. And then last week, the Kinolume helped us to, to double-click on that prayer that he prayed, the prayer about the mercy and the peace of God being multiplied as a sample prayer <coughs> that we all could also <coughs> be praying and should be praying. So now we are moving on to where he begins to really talk about what he wants to talk about in the next few verses. Uh, and from verse three, he begins to introduce all of that. So we'll look briefly at some of the general points we can take from that verse and then focus specifically on that phrase, our common salvation, our common salvation. Just to read that text again, it says, I fully intended, dear friends, to write to you about our common salvation, but I feel compelled to make my letter to you an earnest appeal to put up a real fight for the faith which has been once and for all committed to those who belong to Christ. Now to the key points um, that we want to draw out. Oh, actually, I quoted it again from the New King James Version. 
which says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the truth, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. And the first point we thought to make from here is to say that salvation will continue to be a subject that would de demand the attention of diligence writers. Diligence writers. He said, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. That was, that was what he set out to do. That was what he set out diligently to do, even though it was going to, to, in a way, shift a little bit from that central focus to zoom in on something that he also considered to be very, very cogent at that point and in the context of the church to which he was writing. Um, and part of the reason why we have made that point is to say that some of us are called to write. I mean, thankfully, part of the vision for G24 this year is to hopefully get the book published. And interestingly, their focus is also on people sharing their salvation stories. And the fact is, if you are ever so privileged to be gifted to write at all, don't ever lose sight of this grand message of our common salvation. It should be somewhere at the background of our writing, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, or even writing to just help people in terms of specific subjects, you know that you are doing it as unto the Lord because you are saved. And hopefully because something of your work will eventually lead someone in some path in ways that you might not know to the path of salvation. The second point to zoom in into in that verse is to say that the popular message may not be the urgently needed message. In other words, we need to be sensitive. Jude wanted to write about our common salvation, but he found it necessary to address the issue of the false teachings that were going on in different circles of the church. It's not like he was writing to a specific church. He was writing a letter that would hopefully be circulated and read in very many churches. Um, so in that sense, for him, the popular message of salvation wasn't actually what was urgently needed. What was more or less urgently needed in that particular instance was to address the false teachings that could actually jeopardize the message of salvation, <coughs> which had been once and for all preached to these people. Emphasis on that sensitivity, not just to follow the crowd. And this can apply not just in terms of writing, but even in every other area of life, everybody is doing this. This is what seems to be lucrative in your line of business does not mean that it is for you. We need to be guided and sensitive to the leading of the spirit of God part time. And then the third thing to mention there before we then zoom in on common salvation as a concept or phrase itself is the issue of false teaching. For Jude to devote the next 20 verses thereabouts to talking about this is to highlight the fact that false teaching constitutes a great danger, not just to individual members of a church, but even to the church as a whole. And so whenever such is spotted, it needs to be contended against by the truth or with the truth, wherever it is spotted. The interesting thing to note as well is that not all false teachers are not all false teachers have intentional motives to be deceptive. There are just times that there are times that it could seemingly be the fact that we have not come to a full knowledge that makes us say things that are not um, totally, um, totally true in that sense. 
Uh, and when we are close to a deeper knowledge of the truth, then we move on from there. Apollos was a great speaker or orator in the first in the church, in the early church. Uh, but for a while, all he was teaching was the baptism of John until Priscilla and Aquila spotted that and saw that, wow, this is a gifted speaker and teacher, but his body of knowledge is limited. And then they helped him to move that up by revealing to him the full counsel of God, if you will. And then, of course, it goes on to become um, a useful vessel in a greater capacity to make an influence. In the last few minutes, I just want to then double down on that common salvation that Paul was talking about, our common salvation, as Paul was talking about. It. And when you hear that something is common, for instance, when we talk about common sense, it's easy to think uh, that thing is, is something that everybody has, or is something that is just always is, is available, is cheaply available. But that's not the sense in which Jude was talking about common salvation. It's not saying our salvation is common in the sense that it is cheap. We all know that there is nothing cheap about this, about the gospel or about the salvation that we receive. Is it free? Yes. Is it cheap? No. The price for it was the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is as expensive as expensive can get. Romans 8.32 says, if God did not withhold Jesus but gave him freely for us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? The implication of that verse is to say that the highest thing that God could give anyone, the most expensive thing that God could give anyone is Jesus. Such that you know that if God could give you Jesus, give you salvation, there is nothing else that you cannot get. Because if, if I can give you, if you know that I have the capacity to give you a million pounds as a gift, and then you have a problem that is worth a hundred pounds. You know that the hundred pounds challenge cannot be a challenge to someone that is already willing and able to give you a million pounds as a gift. So that's exactly what um, we're trying to say in that sense. Secondly, it is common, or the real sense of common, as Judy is saying it, is to say it's common in the sense that all believers are saved in the same way. We're saved in a common way. God does not have one salvation package for the rich and another salvation package for the poor. He does not have one salvation package for the Africans and another salvation package for the Chinese or the Europeans. He does not have one salvation package for the fat and another one for the thin. It's the same way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, <coughs> the truth, and the life. <coughs> And what really comes to mind as, as we think of that is the study we are doing on Thursdays on the book of Colossians. Because in a way, this is also the issue that was going on um, in the church at Colossae, in the sense that the salvation that is supposed to be the common salvation, the same salvation which Paul said, we, we read that on Thursday, that this salvation or this gospel is producing fruit everywhere else around the world. In other words, it's a common salvation and it's producing a common result. If anybody should come and start making that simple salvation and gospel to look like you need to do some other things or add some other things to it to make it proper or full, then that becomes questionable. So it's not... It's not a theoretical thing. It's a very, very real issue. It's a very, very real experience for each and every single one of us. 
Now, this salvation is common to all men, and it is not a matter that is pertaining to a particular class. I've said that already. It's available for the Jews. It's available for the Gentiles. It's available for everyone that believes. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, whosoever believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jude is saying that he intends to write about that common salvation, which is very important, very significant. Uh, and it doubled down to the fact that that salvation is linked to the faith that was handed down to them once and for all, once and for all. And that tells us that faith remains the simple and singular means to be saved. We've said this again many times in Bible study in growth track at different points in time. We are saved by grace, but through the instrument, instrumentality of faith, through our belief in that offer of grace, in what Christ has done, in the finished work of Jesus. And the verse that highlights that very beautifully is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. To put it another way, as in the voice translation, you are receiving the salvation of your soul as a result or as the result of your faith. So wherever there is faith, there will be salvation on the other end of it. That's what that point is basically saying. And that faith is complete. It is once delivered. It's not going to be delivered twice. It's not going to be delivered in sequence or in installments. It is delivered once and for all, which means it's complete. Again, telling with the message in the Colossian church or to the Colossian church that you are complete in Jesus Christ, that the message that you have received is a message that is complete. The gospel that you have received is a gospel that is complete. Of course, we may find new light, hidden riches, sweet harmonies, all of that in it. The more you study God's word, you see many things that you've not seen before, but nothing can be added to the gospel or to the provision of Jesus regarding our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith, not more, not less. Our pastor will say, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And that brings us to our personal reflection question. The subject we have treated today is something that I believe that we are all already um, very familiar with. And so it's, um, it's more or less a refresher for us in a sense. And for us to also reflect personally and ask ourselves that the faith that we have received, are you sure that it's completely in the same Lord that these first or these early believers believed? Is it in the same Lord as the apostles in the New Testament believed and followed? And I believe the answer to that is yes, which should lead to a response of thanksgiving and praise and worship and living a life that will continue to honor him. And secondly, do you consider your salvation experience as part of the common salvation explained in this study? Or do you think of your salvation experience as a mysteriously special salvation experience whereby you feel like, <clears throat> sometimes people that have not had that kind of experience, you begin to doubt their salvation. Then you yourself need to, to revisit or re-understand what you mean <clears throat> by salvation or by embracing the salvation. All of that to say ever so simply, we are saved by grace 
alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's the common salvation for all believers. And I will just pause it right there. I don't know if there's any, we can take maybe just one contribution or question before we go and pray. Anyone with a question, with an addition, with a clarification? I was, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking, we had a question from last week that we pushed to today. If you could take one of those. Last week, did we? Sister Mission, is there any question from last week? I can't remember I was having a question from last week. Yeah, me, okay. Yeah, I, 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 it was a very short, straight to the point um, lesson that we had last week as well. So I can't remember that. Any other questions? Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Pastor. I yeah. think um, I had a question in the comments. Was it oh, in the comment section here? Yeah. yeah, what was it about? Can you remember? I said, how do we help Christians that are not interested in finding the ministry? Because ah. from what we mentioned last week, it was like our ministry is even more important than our mission. Like our mission is important as well, but like maybe say we want to come to the world, work, care for our family or whatnot, but some Christians just believe turning up every Sunday is enough and they don't have to do more than that. Mm. I think that was actually on a Thursday, like two Thursdays ago. Um, but in any case, I would think that because of time, we should we should address it on Thursday. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Sorry, Let's, what was the question again? How do we help people um, find their purpose in terms of ministry, in terms of, yeah, discovering this, the things that they've been called to do in order that they can serve God fully as God intends for them. So we'll address that on Thursday, God willing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you because of our common salvation. We thank you because you are the one that saw ahead of time <laughs> our helplessness and our need for you. And you made it possible for us to be able to get back into a relationship with you, which we don't take for granted. Help us every single day to continue to treasure that privilege and live out your expectations for us, live out your purposes for us so that we can be able representatives of you and of your grace on earth till the time when we'll see you face to face. In Jesus' unfailing name we've prayed. Amen.